Giants fans, thank you for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. Unfortunately, it's kind of a weird episode with, you know, the Giants winning, beating the Dallas Cowboys, which was a big win, but then also finding out we don't make the playoffs Sunday night when the Philadelphia Eagles gave up against the Washington Redskins, and we don't make the playoffs. Which is unfortunate, but also the reality of the situation. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's kind of get into some of the game plan stuff for going forward here. So obviously I'd like to get my podcast out a little bit earlier in the week than, you know, Thursday night or Friday morning by the time you're listening to this. I think the plan is to do one a week, probably Wednesday-ish, somewhere around there. And maybe once free agency gets here, we'll, you know, bump it back up to two or kind of play it by ear, depending on when signings and stuff happen. I love free agency. I love the draft. Combine's amazing. Offseason's kind of like really fun for me. You know, a lot of people kind of look at the offseason as, you know, ah, oh, season's over. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens next year and then shut football off until, until you know, August next year. I'm not that way. I legitimately enjoy offseason. The only downside is once kind of we, we get through free agency and we get through the draft, it's like, all right, let's go. You know, I wish the season kind of started right away. Uh, normally we do have like your mini camps, your voluntary stuff, your OTAs, and then training camp. Well, last year we didn't have a lot of that stuff. So offseason last year wasn't nearly as fun, but it did kind of come in a time where, you know, so much sports were being canceled you know, March Madness was canceled last year, which I that's another really fun event for me. So it was kind of crazy the way things kind of turned out. And at least we got to kind of witness free agency. We got to witness the draft, um, the the combine. Did they have they had the combine last year? Yeah. And actually, last year, I think, is when they kind of had the, the primetime combine where they had guys running 40s at, you know, 8 o'clock at night. They had kind of a weird setup with it. And actually I think we benefited from that a little bit with someone like Xavier McKinney, who ran a really slow 40 time. He was battling cramps, you know, the whole time that he was at the combine and he ran a a pretty poor 40 time and we ended up, you know, getting him in the second round when a lot of people thought he was going to go in the first round. So uh, I'll get back into (laughs) kind of my schedule here. I, sorry, I went off on a little, a little rant there. Um, yeah, I'm planning on doing one a week, and we'll kind of continue with the beer of choice and, and kind of everything that I have been doing. I'm not going to do an Eli Manning start this episode. We'll get back into that with the next one. This one I kind of figured we'd go over the Dallas game, you know, some ins and outs of it. We would go over the kind of the whole Philly thing a little bit. You know, I'm probably beating a dead horse at this point because I think everyone knows kind of what happened. Uh Part of the reason I, I delayed this podcast a little bit too, though, is I really wanted to hear uh, John Mara and Dave Gettleman speak before I did this podcast. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll make some playoff picks. So let's get started right away with a beer of choice for this episode. I want to thank my buddy Ryan for getting me this beer. Uh, me, my buddy Ryan, and my buddy Eddie are doing like a little uh, beer exchange. So he got me uh, Stash Hero, which is a double IPA. And it's made by Buried Acorn, which is also another local brewery in the Syracuse area. 
It's actually pretty close to the Destiny USA Mall in, in the Syracuse area. So that's the beer I'm going to try. It is an 8.5% beer, so it definitely has a little bit of a kick to it. I've actually had it before, and I have enjoyed it, but I've never rated it before. So I'm kind of excited to do the, do the rating for this beer. I do also, I may have not mentioned this in the first episode. I know typically I probably wouldn't judge a beer just based solely off like the first sip. But I think that kind of makes it interesting too because sometimes that first sip is like the most organic taste that you get of a beer. And it can really make a big impression on how you view the beer the rest of the time that you're drinking it. You know, if you have a really good first taste of a beer, you're going to be more apt to drink it. You're going to be excited about drinking it. If you taste a beer and it kind of comes off right away, it's kind of weird. And you're like, what the the hell did I just drink? You're probably not going to be too excited to drink it again or recommend it again. So I, I always view kind of that first taste, the first drink of a beer as like one of the most important times of drinking a beer. Maybe that's not, you know, if you go to like a beer tasting class or something like that, that probably isn't isn't the case but that's the way i view it so that's what i'm gonna do so here it goes hmm interesting definitely almost has like a little fruitiness to it i guess which I wasn't really expecting that. I'm not sure if something is throwing off my tastes or not. Very tasty beer. I do like it. Just hit me kind of a little off guard, I would say. Good beer, though. I would I would probably range that around like a 3... We'll go a 350 on that one. Which is a little bit lower than I thought I would do to be honest, but like I said, you know, I kind of really want to do this based off like that first initial taste of a beer. So yeah, we'll go 3.5 and that will be the ranking that I'm using on untapped, which you can also follow me on untapped and join me in these. Um, I am on there as only a giant podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at only a giant underscore 86 I'm going to try to keep, you know, kind of building this podcast up a little bit, get some more followers if I can. You know, this is something that I'd like to do for a while. You know, I've always wanted to do this, so it's something that's always kind of excited me. So I'm happy I'm finally doing it. I just hope I keep getting better at it and, you know, we'll kind of go from there. So, yeah, let's let's get right into the Dallas New York Giants review. It was a 23 to 19 win by the Giants, which helped us finish the year at 6-10, and 10, which, you know, it's not amazing. My Kind of like my prediction for the, the Giants this year was 8-8, eight and eight, and had a, seas, uh, a ceiling of 10-6, and six, and had a floor of 6-10. and 10. So we hit the floor of 6-10, and 10, which at some points during the year, I didn't know if that was going to happen. But, you know, we finished the year 5-3 and three in the second half. Really cannot complain about that. The biggest thing, you know, we did beat a good team in Seattle. Maybe we caught them kind of at a weird time for Seattle. I don't know. 
they still had a really good year. I think Seattle finished 12 and four, which I didn't think they had that good of a year, but they did. 12 and four, or 11 and five. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll double check that. But yeah, you know, we beat Seattle, which was a good win. We beat Cincinnati, which wasn't really a pretty win. You know, it, it may have been a different game had Joe Burrow played. And then we finished four and two in the division. And, you know, I know that's not anything amazing when you when you kind of look at the division with how everything unfolded. You know, Dallas, Deck got hurt. Philly is a dumpster fire right now. I don't really know what's going on there and how that's going to turn out. I couldn't tell you. The Redskins, oh, sorry. The, the, the football team is kind of in like a disarray right now with, you know, cutting – Dwayne Haskins going unsigned or unclaimed, I should say. Starting Alex Smith, who plays pretty good for them, but still kind of a check down king. The division's kind of weird this year. And I'm hoping in general, you know, the, everyone in the division can kind of rebound off this year, except for maybe the Eagles. Hopefully they, you know, keep getting their ass kicked. But the di- division was just weird this year. You know, Dallas wasn't nearly as good as expected, even you know, not having Dak, you'd still thought Andy Dalton would be able to kind of bring him bring him into the playoffs and, and have a good year. But I don't like the job that Mike McCarthy is doing there. And I'll talk about that a little bit later in this episode. So I hope he stays there for a long time. Ron Rivera and the Washington, Washington football team, I think they're putting together a really good defense. They have some tools on the offensive side too to to be kind of a, a contender in the in the division. And, you know, obviously they need something at the quarterback position, whether that's Alex Smith. You know, I wouldn't be overly shocked if you saw someone like Cam Newton go there. Um division's just in a weird spot though. You know, I, I do think next year the division certainly could be much better. But my point is, you know, we finished four and two in the division. And that might not mean a lot, but what it does mean is we beat Philly this year. We haven't done that in a long time, 2016 maybe or something like that. I don't remember the exact number. Uh, we beat Dallas this year, two two teams that we just can't seem to beat of late. You know, we, we maintained our dominance against the football team, and that's good, and I'm happy about that. You know, we got to keep that up, but I'm just so happy to see that we beat Dallas, we beat Philly, Really, both teams we should have beaten twice. So I, I just kind of hope it, it leads to us establishing ourselves as one of the better teams in the NFC East. And going into next year, maybe we can, you know, really start asserting dominance over some of these teams. I, I do strongly feel that going forward, I think probably the re- the football team, the Washington football team, is probably the biggest challenge. Dallas will always be be there probably but I just don't have faith in Mike McCarthy they always seem to hire people that will just fit right underneath Jerry Jones thumb and and he can kind of control things McCarthy's a bum let's be real so (laughs) once again kind of went on on a little rant there so back into the game for Dallas Dalton threw the ball 47 times for 243 yards with an interception Dallas ran the ball for 108 yards between Andy Dalton, Zeke, Tony Pollard, and C.D. Lamb. Really, I think the one that hurt us the most was Andy Dalton. 
running on us because he kind of had a couple timely runs that really Giants were not ready ready for. And, you know, we did a really good job on Zeke. We did a really good job on Tony Pollard. I thought Zeke, you know, was he injured? What was going on with him? I think the easy answer is that he was injured. But I don't completely buy it because if you kind of remember, as we kind of get into the third and fourth quarter of the game, he had some really powerful and very explosive runs where he kind of was carrying some giants with him. He, he was doing kind of everything he could to get extra yards. But like in the beginning of the game, it seemed like he was just checking himself out and, and, you know, trying to do his best to get out of the game. It was really kind of weird. You know, we did a good enough job against the run to really kind of hold them. As far as the passing game, I think you kind of had your usual suspects. You know, Cooper had a couple catches. CD Lamb had a few catches. Uh, Michael Gallup had a few catches. The person that kind of hurt us the most, though, was Dalton Schultz, which I, I wasn't really expecting, I'll be honest. I, I kind of looked at him as like an afterthought with, with all the other targets they had. But he was targeted 10 times. He had seven catches for 70 yards. He just seemed to be in the right place at the right time and seemed to be open a lot, which I wasn't expecting. But, you know, even in that front, I think the Giants did a really good job defensively in the passing game. So, you know, it didn't hurt us enough to to force us to lose the game, even with our, you know, suspect offense. We scored 20 points in the first half. And that's something that I don't think is being talked about nearly enough. 20 points in the first half. We haven't scored over 20 points in a few few weeks, I believe. Uh, my last podcast actually said, I, I really think strongly we need to score over 20 points to win this game. So that means we scored three points the rest of the game. Now, the third quarter was kind of a cluster. You know, we had a couple turnovers, uh, you know, some, some bad third downs kind of everything was going against us at that point. So the fact that we were even able to maintain a lead and play good defense really kind of speaks volumes about the job that Patrick Graham did with this defense. Giants offensively, uh, Jones had a really good game, 17 of 25, 229 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns actually, sorry, and and an interception. Interception, obviously, that was the Engram play. And Engram had a couple of, key drops in this game I'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment about Engram because I do have some thoughts on him but Gallman ran for 11 11 carries with 65 yards I understand that we're throwing the ball pretty good this game but still 11 carries for 65 yards why the freak are we not running the ball more Dallas had 80 offensive plays in this game 80, you know, if, if we could control the ball a little bit more and cut that number down to 60, this game is a blowout. Giants were winning this game, you know, 34 to 14 or something like that. But we don't stick to the run. We get in third and longs and we pass to people like Evan Ingram, who has issues and kind of is what it is. Probably the offensive player that had the most impact on the game was Sterling Shepard. He had a 24 yards rushing with a touchdown, and he added in eight catches for 112 yards. Probably his best game of the season, and 
maybe possibly one of the best games of his career showing he's, he's definitely has some fight. You know, I wonder if having Dante Pettis in there kind of opened things up a little bit for him because Pettis was able to stretch the field a little bit more. Pettis wasn't targeted much. <laughs> funny, funny enough that he was actually second on the team for receiving this week on two catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. But I wonder if that helps open things up in the middle of the field and kind of underneath for Shep to kind of make the plays that he made. I thought it was pretty funny on the touchdown catch for Pettis. Jones drilled him, drilled him right in the face. He was like, here, catch this. It kind of, kind of honestly reminded me of like an Eli throw, you know, just with a throw where just puts it right on the spot and says, you better catch this. It was a, a pretty throw. You know, it probably could have been led out a little bit more in front of him. But, you know, you, you can't really fault Jones too much on that or Pettis. You know, they've hardly had time to work together. You know, the minute Pettis was here, he had, I think he was on the COVID list and probably really didn't get a lot of time to practice with Daniel Jones. And then Jones was hurt. So they're still probably working on their chemistry together. He's someone, though, that I, I do hope that we give him a chance in the offseason. I hope him and Jones can get together and work and see if they can develop some type of chemistry. I'm pretty low on Slayton after this year. He really honestly had a year that I was not expecting. I thought he could be a number one for the Giants. And then kind of going into, you know, opening week against the Steelers, he had a great, great opening week. And then just fizzled, man. He really hasn't done much since. Kind of, kind of ugly. And, you know, I don't know what that means for him going forward. Maybe we'll find out that he's been battling an injury all year. I think that we probably are going to have to go after a couple of receivers via free agency and via the draft. My kind of wish list, if we go free agency, obviously everyone likes Allen Robinson. I wouldn't mind getting him. I feel like, though, and you know, if someone wants to correct me on this, his time when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he got hurt a lot there. He kept going in and out of lineups or he wasn't playing or he was checked out for a long time. I get a little worried about injuries with him, although I think he had a pretty good year, you know, or time with the Chicago Bears. So, you know, maybe that isn't as much of an issue as I'm making it. I really want Corey Davis, though. He's the guy that I really hope the Giants go after in free agency if they go after someone. And that's also something I'll get into here in a couple minutes when we kind of get into the, you know, John Mara and Dave Gettleman pressers. Um, and then, you know, let's talk about Evan Ingram, you know, the, the angry elephant in the room. I don't know what we do with him. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I know what we'll do with him. We'll have him on the team and, and we'll work with him in the off season and he'll be here next year. I, I, really have no doubt in my mind that he'll be here next year. But it's just frustrating. You know, the drops are such an issue with him. I kind of wonder they can kind of sell, you know, him still being a big impact player on this on this team. His blocking has improved a little bit, but he's still not your prototypical tight end. You know, I've heard some people talk about getting Kyle Pitts. I'm not opposed to it, especially at 11, if, you know, that was the best option for that time. 
if there's a better option, you know, if Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle were there, I think that's still your, your better bet. But I'm not opposed to it. But my point is, he's still not your prototypical tight end. And I think we need that. I think we're lacking that. I do like Caden Smith, but I don't think he is a starting tight end in this league. I don't mind Levine Toyolo. I think he, he fills a purpose on this team. But he still isn't what we thought he was going to be this year. I'm wondering if this last offseason, I know Engram was hurt, so he was doing a lot of recovery and a lot of rehab and all that stuff. Maybe, you know, maybe they just focused, he focused so much on getting healthy and kind of improving his lifestyle and his habits that maybe, you know, his hands kind of fell through the wayside. Because I just feel like he was never this bad. You know, he always had some drops where you're just like, dude, come on. But he, he always made up for it. He always made plays, always got open. So I think that I would not be shocked if, if we kind of keep him on the team. Judge works with him a lot in the offseason. Uh, Freddie Kitchens is still here in the offseason, and he works with him a lot. You know, maybe that's what what happens if he comes back next year and he surprises, surprises us all, and he's amazing. That's possible. I hope that we can find a balance, though, just in between, you know, his rookie year, last year, and this year, because this year just is not going to cut it. So we have him for his fifth-year option, and, you know, we can really take next year and figure out what he is and what we're going to do with him. This moment, no way in hell do I see the Giants signing him to a long-term deal. But, you know, if we get into week two, week three, week four, and and he's showing improvement, you know, only had a drop maybe or something, then, you know, maybe maybe it happens. But regardless of that point, I still think we need to add a reliable tight end. I'd love to, like, go get, like, O.J. Howard, who in Tampa isn't, you know, long for there, I don't think. You know, I don't know how long Gronk's going to play. I don't know how long Tom Brady are gonna, is going to play. But he's the forgotten man there. You know, if, if he can come back healthy by offseason or something like that, or by preseason, I mean, then go get him. You know, he's not going to cost what he was drafted at. You know, he, he's a he's a first-rounder. That's not going to be the case, you know. So go get someone like that and just and see if you can pair those two together. Let's get like that two-headed tight end thing going and and try to run that. I think that'd be cool. So that's my thoughts with with Evan Ingram. You know, he's probably going to be here. We're probably stuck with him for at least another year. It is what it is. Let's see what the, the staff can do with him with a full offseason. Hopefully we have an offseason and go from there. Defensively, you know, the game was pretty good for for the for us. You know, the second half things got a little dicey, but that was also because the offense just wasn't, you know, putting drives together, wasn't really doing anything. Uh Tay Crowder, it was really cool to see him step up. He had eleven tackles. Blake Martinez had eleven tackles also with a sack. You know, Leonard Williams eats up people. That was awesome to see. Had three sacks. That was probably the difference in this game. Dallas had I think third string tackles on the field at that point. But you can't control that. you got to play who you're playing against. You know, it is what it is. It was nice to see him have a dominant performance. 
unfortunately it was you know the last game of the year so that's probably what everyone's going to remember about him and he's he's going to get paid and i hope the giants do sign him i just cringe at the thought of it being like a 25 24 million dollar contract per year either way you know we do have to bring him back i'm kind of leaning a little bit more into bringing back Dalvin Tomlinson as well i'm just sick of i'm sick of letting talent go on the defensive line look at like going all the way back to oh yeah Linville Joseph you know we let him go and he's still in the league balling out right now Bob Papa made a good point and Carl Banks made a good point on the on the postgame show you know had we just signed him long term and not paid Snacks Harrison and not you know taken Jonathan Hankins to replace him and and just taken in and kept Linville Joseph where would we be right now you know, it probably would have been cheaper. We probably, we may not have invested in someone like um, B.J. Hill. Or, you know, like, just if we would have kept him, that would have been pretty pretty nice. I would have been happy about that. Where else are we at? Sorry, you know, jumping around. Xavier McKinney had a really good game. Flew all over the place. Uh, Kyler Fackrell was nice to see back. He had a, good, a big sack. Julian Love played really good again. As a CB2, you know, he did let up a couple catches, but he kept everything in front of him for the most part. He was usually around the play. He needs to work with Evan Ingram on his hands, but he's still a cornerback. You know, maybe next year we can get that down a little bit. It wouldn't shock me to see us go after, you know, someone as a cornerback too, but it was at least cool to see him kind of transition back from the safety position to the cornerback position and show that he has talent. You know, he... Won the Thorpe Award at Notre Dame, and obviously he knows what he's doing. So I kind of hope we give him a chance to compete. It was kind of a kind of crazy with Isaac Yadam. You know, he, he was playing pretty good, and then he kind of fell off a little bit. And then you know Julian Love comes in, and and you barely see Yadam after that. So you know Julian Love must really be playing really good uh, to to kind of make that change. Some, you know, normal things that for the Giants have kind of cost us. 0 for 7 on third down, always a big issue. Dallas was 6 for 17, which obviously it's better than Giants. It's still not great, but, you know, get back into, you know, Dallas had 80 plays, and the Giants defense held them to 307 yards. Pretty awesome. Some other things from this game that just kind of bugged me, obviously that Jordan Lewis personal foul where he basically used his helmet as a weapon and hit Caden Smith right underneath the chin strap. Just a dirty, ugly hit, ugly play, smiling and laughing about it. I really think he should have been ejected for that. If that if a giant did that, I wouldn't have been thrilled about it. Not thrilled at all. That it just was an ugly look, ugly play. You know, if, if the refs aren't going to take him out of the game at that point, Dallas should have. Something should have been done. I'm sure he'll get fined if he hasn't already. Maybe they should, you know, suspend him for a couple games starting the year next year. But that was ugly. That was a, t- a really, really ugly look for Dallas, for the league. And and that kind of leads me to, to, you know, just Dallas in general. They seem to be so undisciplined. They seem to be so undisciplined. They They, you know... They just have so many stupid little things that happen that really could affect things. You know, the C.D. Lamb 
a play where he gets called where Darnay Holmes gets called for for holding. Yes, Darnay Holmes was holding CD Lamb, but he's so worried about either like selling it so he gets the flag or just complaining about it in general that he gives up on the play and Xavier McKinney picks off the ball. That's a bad call away from that just being a pick because you couldn't finish a play. You couldn't fight through it like a like a wide receiver should. And you're just being kind of a pansy. Honestly. You know, finish the finish the play. You know, that easily could have been an interception. And if they don't call that, well, it was an interception. But if they don't call that, which that happens all the time, that's an inter- interception because you gave up on the play. Dumb to me. Another play uh, on a kickoff return, I believe it was in the second half. Deion Lewis brings the ball out, which I cringe every time he does, but we've been okay the last couple of weeks. But he brings the ball out, and I think he gets to like the 19, 20 before he kind of gets he gets popped a little bit. It wasn't a bad hit. I won't say it, it wasn't. But why are the Dallas Cowboy players acting like they just you know, had a turnover to win the game or, or they had some amazing play. Like you, it this isn't the 14 yard line. This isn't the five yard line. This is you're at the 1920 and you're in the end zone celebrating going crazy. Really? Like what the fuck is that? Come on guys. <laughs> Ugh, just kind of bugs me with that. Uh, you know, and, and then it just, the list just keeps going to me, you know, Jalen Smith and Nick Gates getting after it when Jalen Smith is trying to act tough and, Kind of does some weird like step up to him. Jalen Smith again going nuts on a tackle and, and he gave up the first down. Like choose your times to celebrate a little bit better, dude. I kind of wonder, like, is Jalen Smith a dirty player? I never really thought so. You know, I, I did enjoy his time at Notre Dame watching him, but for some reason, like, I just don't really remember anything specific about him. I knew he was a good player. Um, it, it seems like kind of looking back, he only played for, you know, really a season, season and a half of like good football. And then he got hurt. So I kind of, I did a little bit of digging and man, he just, he has some ugly, ugly hits. You know, he, he hit Alvin Kamara in the head in 2018, pretty solid tackle, but just straight leading with his helmet and just hits him with his, with, Jalen Smith's helmet hits Alvin Kamara right in the head. Bad luck. Against the Bears last year, he hits Mims and taunts him afterward. Even He's clearly down on the ground hurt. Like, really, dude? This year, he had a, a bad hit against Philly, and Philly's sent the tape to the league to look at. So, Dallas, to me, is just kind of weird. I really like Jalen Smith coming out in the in the draft year that he came out. But as a player, I don't like him anymore. I hope the Giant you know, I hope he's never someone that's on the Giants. I just it'd be hard to root for him. You know, I hate seeing his little celebrations that he does that he seems to do for just anything and anything, you know. I got a tackle, but I gave up 20 yards, but let's celebrate. It's just dumb to me. But I guess back to my to to my overall point. Dallas just seems so undisciplined, you know. McCarthy does not seem like a good coach. There were multiple times during the game when 
an ump's coming up to him and asking if he wants to accept a penalty. And it looks like he has to, like, converse with another guy that's standing there with him to decide whether it's something they should accept or not. So it's like, really, dude? Are you a head coach or no? I hope he stays there for a while. It's kind of funny because, you know, when we were interviewing people for our head coach position, I would have been fine with him had the Giants taken him. I was a little, like, you know, eh, kind of kind of weird ending with Green Bay. But I'd be willing, willing to, you know, bring him in and see what happens. So, I guess after this, we'll get into the Philly game. It's probably not a lot that I can really say at this point that is going to be surprising to anyone. You know, it, it was an ugly look. I won't dispute the fact that it's our own fault. You know, we're 6-10. and 10. You know, we should never leave that in another team's hand. We had the Dallas game. We had the Philly game where we easily could have won both of those games and been 8-8 eight and eight right now. You know, a play away from being 8-8. Eight and eight, Two plays away, I should say. From being 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, what are you going to do? You know, it just kind of is what it is. But it's our own fault. You know, 6-10. and 10. It still comes back to 6-10. and 6-10 and 10 really doesn't belong in the playoffs. Had we made it, would have been fine with it. But it's our own fault. That being said, I don't care if you announce before the game that your plan is to play Sudfeld some. You clearly had players that didn't know. Miles Sanders came out saying that it was a bad look. He, he was confused and didn't know why it happened. Jalen Hurts wasn't happy on the sideline. You could physically see it. So I don't care if, if you came out and said that you were going to play him. Your team clearly didn't know. You had players that were pissed off after the game. It just was such a bad look for the NFL. And maybe there won't be a way to punish them. Maybe you're not going to take draft picks away. I don't know. Something needs to be done, though. There there should be some type of statement made by the NFL saying that what Philly did is inexcusable. I don't care what Doug Peterson says after the game that that was a plan and we were still trying to win the game. That's bullshit. No doubt in my mind that that's bullshit. So, you know, I'm happy for you, Philly, that you got a higher pick. I get that's nice. But, man, it's just ugly. Just ugly, ugly, ugly. And and it adds to the rivalry, which is fun, I guess. But it's just bad for the NFL. Just such a bad look. Why do you, why why is that right? Why is that okay? I you know, going back to like Tom Coughlin and you know when we we played the Patriots and we already had the playoff spot locked up and we still played all our starters for the most part, but that's still a completely different situation. You know, we're in the playoffs. You know, we're resting starters to be healthy for that game, you know. Philly's just playing just for pride at that point, you know, get the players in there and, you know, let them compete. And I have nothing against the Philadelphia players. This isn't something that I'm trying to say against them because they were still out there playing. They were out there working their butt off. It's just like Doug Peterson, really, (laughs) that I have a problem with and maybe ownership if it was on them. Players, like I said, I have no issue with, although, man, man, Sudfeld looked bad when he did come in. There was no point in that game where I was like, maybe they have a chance to win. You know, even even the final drives when they were trying to get get down the field, man, he just looked bad. <laughs> he just looked bad. 
<sighs> so I guess enough about that. You know, I don't want to beat a dead horse at this point. Everyone's had plenty to say about it already. I do laugh about ESPN radio. You know, I, I do. I don't like to listen to ESPN radio, but, you know, if I'm doing it, I have a quick drive, like I'm dropping my son off at daycare or something like that. And it's on. I'll usually listen to it. I don't mind hearing like as a Keyshawn in the morning. And they were just tearing Joe Judge apart with his presser. And I was like, man, you are literally just talking about part of the presser. You're not even talking about the part where Joe Judge says, you know, we had 16 opportunities to make the playoffs. You know, that's on us, blah, blah, blah. No, they're just like, oh, I can't believe the Giants are salty that they didn't make the playoffs and they're taking out on Doug Peterson. Shut up, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. You probably didn't even hear the presser. Shut up, ESPN Radio. Shut up, Keyshawn, if that's you. <sighs> just an ugly look. I just had to at least mention that. Um, the, I guess the last thing I'll get into really before I do the the pick'em is, you know, the Mara and Gettleman interviews. They were probably about what you expect. You know, not happy with the win total, but happy with the progress. Um, you know, we're going to get the offense fixed. We're going to get some playmakers, a lot of, you know, coach talk or owner talk or GM talk. Although I did think it was pretty interesting that they were talking about, you know, really trying to get a playmaker, you know, playmaker was said a couple of times. So I wonder what kind of what that means, whether that means, you know, getting someone high in the draft or if that means going after, you know, an Allen Robinson, I don't know, but it led me to believe that they are going to be aggressive in free agency and the draft. The other thing, though, I'm a, a little nervous about is this defense still has holes. You know, we still have needs, you know, whether it's building depth, you know, we still need some linebackers. I do like Lorenzo Carter, but obviously he's hurt this year. So you, you just can't completely depend on the fact that he's going to come back 100% healthy. We need We need things. You know, I like Julian Love, but does that mean we we just plan on going into the regular season with him next year? Maybe, but that doesn't mean that we can't add depth. That doesn't mean we can't add players to compete. We need an edge. You know, that's something that we strongly need. And I think if we get an edge, that's going to do nothing but help, you know, our defensive line. So I, I just, my main thought with that is I'm excited that they're talking about getting a playmaker and, and fixing this offense. I like that. But we just can't we can't rely on Patrick Graham to have a perfect game plan every week to win. Now I know, you know, if we fix our offense, that's gonna fix a lot of different things and it's not gonna have as much pressure on the defense. But I mean there were games this year against good teams that we were just getting shredded. And it just felt like there wasn't a lot that we could do to stop them. You know, the soft zone stuff against Baltimore just got torched. We really couldn't get any pressure. And now, you know, I understand Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson's a different beast and all, but it just seemed like, you know, when, when quarterbacks were on, there just wasn't an answer. And, you know, this is the NFL, so the quarterbacks are good. So I, I guess maybe that's standard, you know, but it, we just, it, it would be nice to, you know, keep focusing on the defense a little bit as well. And, and, you know, keep building on that. Don't settle for, for ninth best in the league, which is still a really good number. 
I just think we need to, you know, focus on it a little bit more so that we have a little bit more depth so that we have some guys that can get around the edge and get some pressure when we need it. You know, it can't always be Leonard Williams. You know, Blake's had some sacks. We've had some safety blitzes that have worked. I just, I just hope we don't completely shut down on the defense. You know, if we focus on defense and free agency and maybe add a receiver and then go heavy offensive offense on the, in the draft, I'm okay with it. I just hope we don't forget about the draft or sorry. If we, if we, I hope we don't forget about the defense. That's really just what I hope. Um, Cause I do think that we need, need some more pieces there so that, you know, Patrick Graham doesn't have to have a per- perfect scheme every week. So let's get into the NFL wildcard rounds. Starts off right away with a Saturday game at one, which I'm pretty excited about. You know, for the most part, I think I'll be rooting for the Bills. I do like a lot of the players. I have a lot of friends that are Bills fans. I'll probably be rooting for the Titans as well. I have a couple really close friends that are Tennessee Titans fans. I have a couple of buddies that are Buccaneers and Washington fans. I don't really know who I'm going to root for on that one. So let's start with the Colts and the Bills. I think that's a Bills win. I think the defense for the Bills can do enough against Phillip Rivers to keep him on his toes. That offensive line is great for the Colts, but I think the Bills are just hitting on all cylinders right now. They're a better team. They're going to win this game. I don't I don't want to say it's it's not going to be close, but I think this has potential to be kind of a blowout game. So we'll go Bills. We'll go Bills by two scores. Rams, Seahawks. They just played. It's going to be a close game. Always is. It's in Seattle. I think Seattle wins this game. I think it's going to be close, though. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a, you know, game-winning field goal to end or a score right at the end to go up. Seahawks, I'll, I'll say like Seahawks by four. Next, Saturday night, Buccaneers against Washington. I do think that Washington's defense can do enough in this game to keep it close. But I think that the Buccaneers have enough weapons. They have a really good defense as well that they'll win this game. So Buccaneers by at least a touchdown. Sunday, our first game is the Ravens versus the Titans at Tennessee. I'd love to go Tennessee on this game. Honestly, I just, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a really, really tough game for Tennessee. The defense is not playing well. Offense is clicking, but you know what happens when, you know, the Ravens are up by two scores. You know, Tannehill's a a good quarterback. He's proven that at this point. But can he do enough to, you know, get the team back if they need it? I'm going Titans on that. Or, sorry, I'm going Ravens on that. I think think the Ravens win by at least seven. Next, we'll go Bears versus Saints. This is a game that the Saints should win. Wouldn't shock me if... If the Saints kind of blow them out. Lastly, we're going to go Browns for Steelers. I th- honestly, I th- I'm going to go Browns on this one. I think the Browns are going to win this game. They're going to surprise a lot of people. I mean, it's going to be a big win for the Browns community for Cleveland. And, you know, Stefanski probably not being at the game. It'll it'll be a big win. It's it's going to it's going to be a good look for the Browns. 
and the Steelers are going to be kind of left sitting, wondering what happened to their offense, wondering what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger. Is he going to keep playing? So, guys, this is all I want to do for this episode. It'll be fun to watch the playoffs this weekend, and hopefully we'll hear, hear something about Jason Garrett getting a head coaching job. I did love to see Patrick Graham sign his extension and stay with the Giants for at least another year. So for the moment, let's go Big Blue. I guess let's go Bills this week. (laughs) And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Let's freaking go.